Hi, everyone. Just before we get going, I want to remind you that everything we talk about and discuss should not be considered as investment advice. The purpose of what we talk about on Catherine Murray Media and Markets on YouTube, as well as Catherine Murray in conversation with on my podcast, should be viewed as informational and entertainment purposes only. Please definitely do your own research, your own homework, and definitely consult an investment professional before making any investment decisions. And also to note, some of us might hold positions in some of the stocks uh, that we discuss. Uh, Joel, great to be able to catch up with you. There's certainly a lot going in the market today. We can see your, your screens in the background. Um, do what you need to do. So, uh, and, and for our viewers, they, they know, of course, you're an institutional, the institutional tech and media trader at Wedbush Security. So um, the institutional perspective is what we're bringing people today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and with that, why don't we just start in terms of what, are we, what have you been seeing in the market over the past couple of days in terms of some of the tech heavy selling? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, it obviously yesterday was obviously a very ugly day for the for tech and growth overall, but it, it seems like obviously tech's going to perform for a while. Um, if you go back to even, you know, the early February, it, both the NASDAQ, the Qs, some of the more the growth baskets, baskets of stocks have just massively underperformed the market. And really the obvious, staying the obvious, the number one driver has just been huge sector rotational forces. Um we know when kind of, you know, COVID was going to kind of, I guess it's never going to go away potentially, but, uh, you know, the focus of the, the market's been on vaccine progression, um, reopening process and return to normalcy. And that's obviously benefited the value trade, which underperformed on a multi-year basis, you know, really for the past decade plus. Um, but, it, you know, their inflationary pressures are picking up in different aspects of the economy. And, and, and that's kind of what's been the number one driver of this big rotation. So that's, that's really the, the state of the obvious. And, and then under the hood with tech, it's been the, just the consistent issues. There's, there's four or five things. So I mentioned kind of, you know, rotation uh, into, you know, energy and financials that have difficult comps, fading COVID tailwinds, which were so prevalent pretty much all of 2020, um, rising yields uh, and inflation angst. Um, and that's really, and really crowded position. You know, tech has still been overweight for, for majority of portfolio managers you know for for a decade plus and then you get in this environment a lot of these guys running money have never have never experienced what we're seeing right now obviously we had the, the, 2020 was bizarre to say the least we plunged into a recession very very quickly um almost at the, the flip of a switch and then it's almost like the real the recovery trade almost started you know you know the market was you know recovered that 20 percent pullback whatever it was you know, within a month, I think it was by last April. So it's a very bizarre time. Last year was just growth, pro-growth, risk on. And now it's obviously the forces are, are shifting and tech managers are being left behind and, and, and struggling to say the least. It's been a painful year for a lot of the growth funds. But I, I guess a couple of things though, Joel, and I, like, I wonder, um, can't some of these tech names just continue, continue to work? I mean, obviously, you know, you, you always see a lot of selling pressure in the entire group. Um, it's hard to be kind of the stand-up company that doesn't fall for that. Yeah. But but my question, I suppose, is um, you know there are secular winners as as well with some of those tech companies. But what what's the key driver to tech selling off? Is it truly just you know a money flow rotation aspect? Or what are tech stocks um, in, incorporating or assuming as it relates to, you know, the inflation that might be picking up? Are they thinking, like, are tech investors thinking that 
um, that inflation is going to be run away and that the Fed's going to actually have to really raise rates? What, what, what's the thinking among the, the tech hedge community? That's, that's kind of the million dollar question right now. Will Powell actually act? Will he, you know, kind of, uh, you know, give in? Some people say the data is more mixed than some of the headlines we'll read. Um, um, but yeah, it's kind of, um, it, it's just, I, it, it's an interesting, you highlighted it clearly, you know, clearly, you know, there's, there's a lot of secular winners coming out of COVID, having, heading into a post-COVID world. We know that digital transformation, you know, the shift to the cloud, those type of AI, 5G, they're not going to slow down anytime soon. The problem is, is that a lot of that demand that was slated for say 2021, 2022, and maybe even a little bit further out was all pulled forward in, in, in 2020. Um, I know Microsoft CEO, you know, Nadella, I don't know what quarter it was. It may have been June or the September corner conference call. He said you know, they've seen two or three years of demand pulled forward. So that, that kind of plays in the whole thing, fading COVID tailwinds. Eventually, I mean, the, the, you're not going to see the, 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 the tailwind, the, the spending remain that, that, that elevated for, for on a multi-year basis. So now you have, you know, difficult comp, signs of deceleration, which again, when you're, when you're a growth investor, especially in, in tech where you had valuations just get really out of control, you know, any signs of deceleration are red flags. Mm -hmm. And I think you look at some of the black swan events we've seen so far in 2021. I mean, this year feels like it's been three years, you know, tucked into five months or four months, God, months. I mean, <laughs> the, the Reddit fiasco in, in late January with, with GameStop and a slew of other people. Then you had the, you know, the Billy Wang and, and the, the arcade goes blow up, family office blow up, you know, in March. And you looked at his, his positions, there were obviously Chinese internet and then a couple, you know, US media streaming names, Viacom and Discovery. And it just really, they all lead to tech. I mean, everything kind of focused to tech. You know, when, he, when the Reddit names, it was GameStop, obviously a lot of tech and consumer PMs were short that stock, AMC theaters, obviously a media name. Um, Blackberry got caught up in it, Nokia. Um, and so it, it's almost becoming, tech being so popular, it's also fallen victim as, as, as an after, as a result to some of these, you know, retail frenzy, the theme stocks, they all, all, all fall under that TMT umbrella. Um, and then look at the SPACs too, the SPAC implosions, you know, EV names are really at the forefront of this. And now with the SEC cracking down on that whole kind of, on that racket, more called racket, called a game. Um, you know, that's just left a lot of you know retail guys hold, holding the bag and it's just created a lot of uncertainty. But it seems like tech has taken the brunt of all these odd events. And uh, I think, you know, looking, not even looking back, we knew in January something odd was afoot. Even not just the Reddit, something was off. You know, even to look back to last year, we had the DoorDash IPO, the Airbnb, uh, AI, which is Tom Siegel's AI company, C3. Uh, C3. I mean, these companies were, were debuting at 100 times sales. Um, right. It's staggering. Um, you know, I look at it, you know, NVIDIA was say, trading at 40, 40 times EPS, and people are like, that's an insane multiple. You, you, you cross over into some of the software names, they were trading at 40 to 50 plus sales, um, which kind of speaks to the insanity. And hence, there was a lot of caution from a lot of people, but clearly, momentum, quants, and retail were piling into these same group of stocks, and momentum goes the other way, and, and here we are. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in mid-May, tech's been battered. People don't really know what to do. And then and we have the Kathy Wood element of it all. She has a cult following. She had a really good interview, well, depending which side of the trade you're on with her. Good interview on, on CNBC on Friday. Definitely worth checking out. And it's it's head-scratching. Can't deny how, how ahead of the curve she was in her view of disruptive tech. Uh, uh, she was obviously early investor in Tesla. 
But then you find out, you know, weird things are popping up here with her. Like Billy Wang was an early, early senior of her friends. That's kind of, uh, it's an odd connection there. And then her saying, you know what, I really love this setup when her stocks, her funds 35% off the times. I mean, doesn't make any sense, right? It's just on any level, any, any, any manager running money, you don't want to hear him say, I love this setup. And then the fact that she's been averaging down in all the losers, skills, um, Palantir, uh, you know, and the list goes on Teladoc, Square, Roku, and, and a very bizarre philosophy. So that's kind of what I've been watching on a daily basis. It's the art, price action of ARK ETF. And then today, we're seeing a big reversal. Closing the highs is definitely a near-term positive. Um, but like, again, up until, you know, really until something changes, you're definitely seeing rallies sold in the growth complex versus dips being bought. And buying the dips worked every day, pretty much in 2020. And that, that strategy has been failing miserably. Failing miserably, but what are we even seeing today? Not to be so, you know, minute by minute, but, you know, you are an institutional trader. It seems as though um, there is some support. Yeah, I mean, today we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. And there's definitely been some, I think some, I've seen some smart money guys nibbling in stocks that have nearly halved, more than halved off their highs. So there's definitely some, I think some increasingly interesting opportunities. Um, what I'm seeing is more, is, is at least the tech dedicated guys are more gravitating towards the large cap names, which versus some of the higher flying kind of, you know, stocks in, 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 under the tech umbrella names like you know, ServiceNow had a really bullish analyst day yesterday, um, Adobe, Microsoft. So still more guys are gravitating towards the more defensive names, names of the portfolio. Activision, uh, they had probably the best you know, earnings of all the video game publishers. Um, and, and, and we've been seeing dip buyers of that stock that actually caught, bought an upgrade today at BMO. Um, but again, that, I would consider that a more defensive name within tech um, and yeah. software complex. So like, again, I'm not, all the demand I've seen at Palantir AI, mostly it's been just hedge funds covering their short positions. Okay. Um, how do you see, uh, there's, I, I want to actually go, go through a couple of sectors here. Um, tell us, give us the latest in terms of what's going on in the semiconductor, semiconductor equipment space. Yeah. I mean, the SOX is probably only 10% off its highs. I give, give me, give or take kind of one or 200 basis points. I know I'm around, around the ballpark there. Um, you know, very crowded. That that's here's a group of stocks where they came into earnings season. Everybody knew the fundamentals were going to be solid. The conference calls are going to be very bullish. We know about the global supply chain issues that continue to kind of plague the group. The the number one headache here for the semiconductor companies is is that everyone knew that the, the earnings were going to be good. The conference calls are going to be extremely bullish uh, on the secular trends. But with this, the, the, the difference is, we you know, pricing has been going higher, supply tightness, supply tightness is going to probably linger well into 2022, but that has also created some fears of double ordering, um, as a lot of customers are just scrambling to get their hands on any, any sort of supply, so they're just ordering as much as they can. And, and obviously, there's not enough capacity out there to keep up with it, but if that demand never, end market demand never materializes, then, then that there you go. You have then we're we're faced with a chip glut and an oversupply issue. So it can flip. That's kind of what people were kind of been been weighing on the semis the past three or four weeks. Fear of double ordering, peak cycle, um, and where do we go from here? Personally, I think it's probably double ordering. There's no indication that microchip told us that last week. Um, they said they're still seeing you know supply demand remains very favorable. Pricing's headed higher. Um, and again, they, they, they said, we're not seeing any signs of double ordering. So that was a, definitely a bullish indicator for the chips that we haven't seen in quite some time. Um, 
but yeah, that's kind of what's going on for the semis. I still personally prefer the, the equipment names. Um, we know that, you know, the United States, the EU, China is still going to kind of continue to invest in, in semiconductor production and manufacturing. And, uh, and, and that's going to be a multi-year basis and not two or three years. That's, that's a decade, a decade probably, you know, plus. Um, and then obviously Intel's under, under Gelsinger's made a new, you know, manufacturing IDM 2.0. That's obviously his big, his big strategy to kind of turn the ship there. So I think this, the tail ones for the, the, the equipment vendors has a much longer tail than some of the names on, underneath the hood. Hmm. So the semi-cap equipment names, top, top three would be what? Uh, an evaluation point of view, AMAT's probably one of the cheapest and, and they're a front end supplier. So they, they, they tend to see demands quicker than some of the other players. Uh, but it, it is, it, it is cheaper than, than lamb research and clack. So I kind of, that's my top pick there. And then obviously more from just given their, you know, monopolistic position is ASML based in Europe. And they just, they, they supply all the really high end leading edge tools. I mean, they cost hundreds of millions of dollars, but again, any, anytime you really look at it, what Taiwan Semi is saying, it's for the most part, they're focused on, you know, five nanometer, then it's going to go down to three nanometer. And that's kind of where, and, and EU, it's called EUV, which is, uh, uh, that's kind of the technology. And Samsung's, you know, made it been very vocal uh, in late April about their commitment to e EUV investments as well. So to me, ASML is very well positioned as a long-term growth play. If you can stomach some of the cycles like we're seeing right now, it, it, it's not going to, it's not going to burn you. And if it, if it does fall 20%, you know, you know, hopefully keep maybe maybe keep a little bit of dry powder on the sidelines for that day because it'd be it'd be a gift. What what do you think though of the AMDs and the Nvidia's of the world though right right now? And you know, when we think about inventory issues, um, you know, that that can always be a huge headwind if in fact they come to fruition. Uh, so what what is your view in terms of whether like are you in the same camp as microchip CEO um, in terms of any kind of inventory glut, supply glut, or which would be hard to believe given the shortage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, but that's how quickly. I mean, I, I think what a, a lot of I think Citigroup had a negative call today on AMD and Intel. I'm yet to fully read it, but I know part of the negative semi thesis of late has also been be, because of all that that work from home capacity that I was added in 2020. You know, I think PC sales were at decade was the best you know best year in a decade for PCs. We know handset demand was strength. Just look, you know, look at what, what iPhone's been doing. Um, you know, monitors up and down, consumer electronics is a very strong year with people at home. Um, clearly, when the world starts to reopen, demand is, it potentially could fall off the cliff in the second half of 21. So mm -hmm. that is adding to the whole supply glut fears. Um, it, it's more of a look, looking, looking out into the second half of this year, not really in the near term. But again, so if you have all, the, all these companies ramping up their ramping up their ordering, you know, so, so they can meet, meet demand. And then the obviously capacity is running at hundred percent. Or what if, what if consumer demand doesn't live up to those expectations, which like some of the COVID story stocks, you have to think that sec the second half is going to be a lot weaker than we saw, you know, year from uh, a year, year perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing how, you know, within your financial model, you got to add in a, you know, a COVID-19 line. Yeah. Yeah. And understand yeah. the timing of it and the impact. Um, but when you think about NVIDIA as well, though, like that's a that's a, a company that has other exposure other than just kind of the work from home. Five um, G is an example. Like, what? How? How are the big tech guys really looking at it? Yeah, I mean, in, in NVIDIA, I you know I, I keep them in my Fangman category. So that's what is that seven companies? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, NVIDIA is about like ten to twelve percent off its highs as well. 
which I don't, I don't think it's that dramatic. And, and I think, you know, we, we've talked about it before, even probably years ago when, when, when it maybe Apple's in the midst of a pullback, but I mean, yeah, NVIDIA is a leader. I mean, it's, it's, you can, you can, it, it's a tough name to short outright because you, you, you think there, there's, there's major headwinds on the horizon. Cause like you said, they have secular exposure to AI, you know, gaming, they're the leader in gaming as well. You know, they also benefit from, from the rise in crypto. So that's kind of, if, if you want to think, is crypto going to be a demand fad like 2018, where it fell off the cliff after the kind of the rise and, and fall of Bitcoin? And obviously now we're back up in that upswing to me with, with, with more corporate adoption and, and more mainstream kind of attention. It, you know, I think it feels like crypto could be much more of a steady revenue stream for, for, for names like, you know, for both AMD and NVIDIA and Taiwan Semi, which is bullish. Um, you know, I prefer AMD. Um, and that's just mostly because I think they're they're still going up. They have an 18 month lead uh, versus versus Intel and seven nanometer. Um, and I still think Gelsinger has a long road ahead of way ahead road ahead of them to kind of catch up from all the missteps that Bob Swan made. You know his his, his previous so the previous CEO of Intel. So that's where I look at at AMD is still a, a fairly straightforward forward you know market share gain story. They're still benefiting from these secular trends. Um, but to me, that's the key to the story is that their main competitor is Intel, who continues to struggle. So I, I still would prefer to be long, long AMD, short Intel. Um, I think that pair trade will continue to work and, and for the foreseeable future. Okay. And, and speaking of FANGs, what do you expect uh, for the FANG group for the remainder of the year? I remember a time when you had probably the best set of earnings from these companies, other than, other than Netflix, uh, which would badly miss, but that's kind of in its own world anyway. I mean, Amazon, Google, you know, Amazon Alphabet, Facebook. Microsoft, they all just blew it out and, and look what the stocks did. I mean, maybe they, they made Amazon massive double top before rolling right over, you know, Facebook gapped higher, then it's kind of given all that back. Um, you know, there's, there's just angst. I mean, there's, there's definitely angst, to, you know, and, and kind of, but I think end of the day, these are stocks that have just been just huge outperformers, not I even forget about on a year or year basis, still going five, five, 10 years. And, and the fact that there's still, in my opinion, five five to eight percent is is within striking distance of, of the highs. Um, it still shows that investors want to own these names. You're seeing guys actively trade around them. You know, mm -hmm. maybe they, they're getting you know, especially that some of the tech growth funds, as we mentioned before, growth funds are are, are getting are getting battered pretty good this year. So if guys are forced to kind of degross a little bit and and raise some cash, those are very easy names um, to kind of sell. They're they're liquid. Um, and they can raise a good chunk of cash as well in, in, in the same time, just to take down their exposure a little bit. But I mean, from an earnings fundamental point of view, you know, nothing's changed. I mean, they're still the, the, the best companies probably on planet earth. I think mm -hmm. Facebook and, or no, Alphabet and, and Apple are, gonna, are buying back like $150 billion worth of stock. Um, so that's going to be another, another kind of supporter for, I think, these large growth companies. You, you want to you wanna be buying on the weakness. Uh, Alphabet's still my, my top pick. You know, YouTube hmm. momentums continues to fire on all cylinders. Um, they're continued recovery in digital advertising, and then from a cloud point of view, they're, they're they're showing you know continued progression and traction as they kind of claw their way, you know, to gaining a little bit of market share from from Azure and and and, and Amazon Web Services. So Alphabet to me is just a, a, a it's not crazy expensive, and, and and the catalysts are pretty straightforward. And it's acted hands down. It's acted the best out of all the major Fang names, which is it, to me rec reflects very positively. I think it's mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's about six hundred basis points off its highs. So I mean, it's so nothing, nothing really. Yeah, in my yeah. opinion, it's a very very small pullback, and 
and it obviously drives a lot of media attention and and people want to know if the trade's over i, I don't think it's over yet um but again mm -hmm. i don't think if you start buying nibbling away at some of these names now you're not going to get burned you know moving yeah. four plus months joel is there any new name that some of the smartest uh tech guys are, are looking at these days yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the one of the problems with tech incestuous i think it's been i can't say the word but uh uh -huh. it's you know they they're all everyone obviously everyone piled in the semis and then you get the fears of peak cycle double run and then they all sell them and then and then we've seen it with fang over the past 10 years as well and then obviously with the zoom media is the docu signs i think people are, are looking for stocks that from more of a garpy perspective um and that's where i think some of the fang members check the boxes facebook google aren't crazy expensive and then you look under the hood at some of the fintech payment names that it may be underperformed in 2020 that will benefit from the re reopening. So Fidelity National Services, the ticker's FIS, um, mm -hmm. it was a big laggard for, for most of 2020, very disappointing. Um, I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's reasonably evaluated. And, and like I just said, they're gonna benefit from the world reopening and, and, and brick and mortar stores coming back on and, and people just traveling. Um, and they've seen some, some steady improvements in, in their merchant segments. So FIS is, is a name I like. Um, and, and then kind of other names going down further down the software chain. Look at like Pegasus Systems. Um, it's a smaller cloud kind of, you know, di digital robotic, you know, uh, process, you know, company. Um, and then cybersecurity, once again, here's a, here's a group of stocks that they had a huge lift in mid-December mid on the SolarWinds attack. Well, then what do we get over the weekend? Another a major pipeline attack in the US, which to me just really, it just highlights, yeah, these attacks, it's becoming, it's, it's essentially terrorism. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, since this is a major, the second major attack against the U.S. on the cyber front, and now today the price action is a lot healthier. But I'm looking and looking at you know the group stocks, groups, these security stocks in December when that SolarWinds story came out, they all were up for about two weeks straight. Then you look at the screen yesterday, I think I think 30% of my security names were in the green, the rest were lower because of what was going on tape. So I think you want to look at some of these security stocks where. You know they've all pulled back well off their highs so valuations aren't as crazy as they were and then you, you you take a and then you look at other secular trends which we highlighted earlier in the show digital transformation the shift to the cloud it just it kind of just reinforces the this the, the straightforward thesis that demand for security is going to remain elevated mm -hmm. um and so a name like telus i think i may have mentioned that before it's been kind of stuck in this 30 to 40 dollar range the tickers tls um, they have 90% plus exposure to, to government spend. Um, they have a lockup coming up. So that's kind of about what's kept the lid on it. So I think the lockups, I think maybe May 18th, they'll hold me to that date, but maybe mm -hmm. keep that name on your radar, TLS. Uh, okay. Probably see some guys maybe, you know, hedgy shorting it into the event, but typically these, these, these also kind of tend to mark the bottoms as well. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I'm looking, I'm, I'm, names I'm looking for, you know, just okay. under, a little bit, a little bit garpy and, 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 and other, other than like zoom media DocuSign, Yeah. If you want to play it for a day trade, right. You saw the futures make a higher low around 1030. Like, you know what? I want to get on the zoom train. Yeah. I think, I think you can play some of those, those stay at home story stocks for, for, from a short-term perspective. But as I said, I mean, let's hope to God, no one's, you know, we're not staring at zooms, you know, <laughs> At least, at least our kid, the kids aren't right. You know, in school, the Zoom, I know, remote, remote learning, and and all this stuff, and, and conference calls and things like that. So, I just find it hard to believe that some of these, these, these stocks come back in that 
you know, that growth just won't fall off a cliff. And I think that's yeah. what we're seeing. Uh, mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's it. Well, so it doesn't, it doesn't mean though that, um, you know, when you see these major moves in, in the broader tech markets, you know, we have to understand that, um, you know, and I think this has been the case for well over a year, you got to be really stock specific and, and you're indicating that you can be and still do well. Um, but just kind of watch out for, you know, I don't know, maybe if you own an ETF that encompasses, you yeah. know, a lot of the various stocks that we've been talking about, you know, you might, you might do well to, to really understand a stock or two that you really like and can weather through. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been, it's been tough. I think for a lot of, like I said, it growth to the tech community. I mean, I think I was even speaking last week and I was even, you know, I was pumping up the kind of energy ETF and, and even the XLF. I'm like a I felt a little bit dirty, even, you know, wow. about that on a tech segment, but I mean, you look at those, I mean, obviously they both hit 52 week highs yesterday and have faded since, but I mean, the tape is definitely telling us something um, that th- th- this rotation still has some legs. So I, I, that's why I think with it, within the team to universe, you just do, do want to be more selective and you're looking back on last year, you know, obviously it's hindsight, but you know, last year was pretty easy. I mean, these stocks, yeah almost every day when, and, and, and those dip days were bought aggressively um, and you got paid for it. And it's been anything but um, in, in 2021. And, mm-hmm. and as Jesse Livermore said, you know, you know, way back when, like, you know, the tape doesn't lie. So the tape is telling us you, you gotta be a lot more selective when it comes to tech investing, at least in the near term. Um, I mean, yeah. catalyst could be, you know, Jay Powell just continues to kind of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. stay the course, like he said, you know, so there's obviously a camp that thinks he's, he may get pushed into a corner to act. But I mean, right now he's been kind of echoing the same message that, you know, it's, we've heard mixed, mixed messages from other members of, of the Fed, but he sounds pretty committed to just kind of stay in the course with, with the current, you know, policy uh, in place. And, and Yellen, obviously he's going to have support of Janet Yellen as well. So, you know, that could be, that could be the trigger, you know, one of the next Fed meetings when people are maybe are expecting, more kind of hawkish tone where he just kind of reiterates, you know, his, his Dovis message, you know, extremely accommodative, you know, uh, policy in place. And, 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 and that could be the, the signal for yeah. kind of risk on. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. That'll be another boost. Um, just lastly here, and I'll let you get back to your work. Uh, what are volumes like though? Today, they're massive volumes today. So right now, so I was looking at the spiders and cues, uh, you know, the ETFs just before we got on. They, they were tracking about 200% above the 30-day average. Wow. Is that still true? Yeah, about, about, they're about 115% above average. Wow. First 30-day day average. And that was another problem with tech leading into really the earnings season. I mean, March and April, really March, and, and probably the first half of April, talking to, to kind of, you know, buy side traders, portfolio managers, liquidity felt like it was the worst it had been in, 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 in years. Mm. Um, and again, we kept on just grinding higher on no volume. Um, and so, I mean, it tends to work that way, right? You kind of walk up the stairs then you fall down the elevator shaft. Um, but I'd say it, it, you know, so you're, you're definitely seeing, seeing the heavy volume on a big reversal take today, like today is pretty positive. Like I said, I'm seeing some guys nibble away in some higher quality names. So, I mean, I, I got, I, I'll, I'll have some more conversations and try to get some more data and pick up some Intel later today. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think the over overwhelming theme is stick to quality. So like I said, I highlight like Microsoft, Adobe ServiceNow, and, and kind of as your cloud plays, look at, look in the security baskets of stock, 
you know, with semi equipment, semi semis, I prefer, you know, the equipment names, just because I think the tailwinds are going to be there from a, a longer term perspective. Um, and, and, and Alphabet within the FANG probably remains my number one. And, and Apple's an interesting one. Obviously, it's, uh, you know, blowout numbers across the board, you know, massive buyback. But I mean, talking to the bears and Apple seems to be, well, they guided down in June quarter for, for negative growth or flat growth. And mm-hmm. what are what are the bulls going to say next year when, 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 when there's no growth in, in fiscal year 22? So that's been part of something to keep an eye with Apple. That's what the bears are spinning. To me, they, they seems they spend that every two, three years. So it's nothing new. But that's kind All of right. what pushback I've been hearing on Apple is, well, they guided down June quarter, you know, sequentially, which they always do. Um, next year is going to be X growth. So it's going to continue to weigh on the multiple. And, and Apple was kind of stretched, you know, heading mm-hmm. into the earnings report. So that's what the bears are looking at. I'm really kind of neutral on Apple here. Like I said, I don't, you know, I, I think you can generate greater alpha, big, better alpha and other large cap names. Like I said, Alphabet, ServiceNow, Microsoft. So I'm not really you know, caught up in Apple too much. But if, if you are looking at Apple, keep in mind, that's what some of the, the, the big tech portfolio managers are talking about. Jim okay. being down. Uh, next year is going to be you no know, no growth, and so the whole thing is they're saying is that the sell side kind of manufacture the super super cycle headline, which is that's been what's driving the multiple higher. First, okay. Big change in anything major. And just last thing here, you you brought up service now. I'm curious, um, what's the latest um, with Snowflake because that company management at Snowflake came from Service Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay, good point. Well, I mean, snowflakes—you put them right in that IPO, the the, the high-flying tech IPO basket from last year. I think I think the stock opened up. I'm gonna you can hold me to this. Don't hold me to this, but I I think it priced at like 140 to 150 ish. It opened at 235. It got as high as it definitely. T- I think 400. Yeah. And now where is it? It's it's trading just below 200 dollars. Right. Was like so is that much- of interest? Is that of interest to hedge fund guys these days? Uh, I mean, guys are trading it around. Uh, I think everyone shorted it and got completely squeezed out on, on that move to 400. So guys who could stomach it and, 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 and kind of were able to ride it down have done very well. Uh, but it kind of fell right into that camp, like these, these high-flying tech companies um, trading at 50 to 100 times sales right out of the gate. Um, and, and it's kind of been a head scratcher. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's, it's funny, I, you know, talking, uh, I remember one of my uh, tech investment banker that I know, he kind of was a former portfolio manager at a very large hedge fund uh, in the U.S., and he said to me at some of these tickers that the retail Reddit crowd is going to love them. So Snowflake, guys love that ticker. AI is, is the other one, and how true that was when these stocks just went bananas right out of the gates, and where valuations got thrown out because momentum just you know retail triggered the quants, momentum just piled into them, and obviously it didn't really didn't end too well for for most people depending on where they got in, but it's it's. It's been a grim pullback for a lot of these stocks. Hmm. Wow. It doesn't it conversations because <laughs> people say it's still not that cheap. It's still relatively expensive as well, even though it's 100, 50% off its highs. Right. So that kind of right. sums up where, where, where tech is at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Joel, thank you for summing it up for us. Um, so appreciate your views always. It's amazing. Yeah, having me. I hope it was, I know there's, there's a lot to talk about to say the least. So I'm, I know I was all over the place a little bit, but. No, it's perfect. It's how it's how the market operates and how you think and trade. So it's perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you very, very much. All right. Well, take care.